Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? I'm doing pretty fantastic. And, uh, you know, I I texted you about this earlier. I can't remember if it was today or yesterday, but it's been a while since we were recorded. And the night before Loki premiered, I had a stress dream where Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. had accidentally missed the showing of Black Widow. And because of that, it made the podcast late. And I told you, I think this is going to be my new showing up for a test I didn't study for stress dream. And there was no better way to signify, oh, the podcast is back, man. And I'm excited. <laughs> you know what? The night before, I was getting nervous. Like, I, it, it was really, it was like first day of school nerves or kind of thing. It was like, because, because we haven't had the, the back to back to back like we did with WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. And knowing that that was coming up and knowing that that was starting, uh-huh. I was, I had nerves. Yeah. Like it, like it was a nervous excitement. It's been a really long time since we've recorded and like, we haven't missed anything because we bulk recorded, but we, we took some time to just not have to really worry about it. And it's, yeah. uh, it was interesting to come back to it with Loki. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. But, uh, other than our first day jitters, uh, how have you been? I'm doing good. Summer school's gotten started. Um, mm-hmm. as we record, we're recording on a Thursday instead of a Friday. Um, everybody get excited because tomorrow, June 11th, I'm calling it Spider-Man trailer. That's right. You've been beating that drum. I have. I have. Although, although when you hear this, it'll be Monday. So you'll have seen it multiple times because it came out on Friday the 11th. <laughs> I, you could see the route that we were going because I was going to say, because we're time travelers in this moment, people will see the egg on our face, but you immediately went to the <laughs> repeated viewings of this Spider-Man trailer. So I love it. Yeah. Well, listen, if, I mean, as long as we're talking about time traveling, I've already had egg on my face because we released an episode where I was like, well, because it's Sony, I wouldn't imagine we'd get a Spider-Man trailer before we get the Eternals. And then I think like the next week, the Eternals trailer came out. <laughs> we had such a long streak of talking about things or bringing things up and then them happening. Mm-hmm. And then 2021 came around and... I tell you what, if if we were Major League Baseball players, we'd be sent to the minors. Like, it, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Not to get too off, far off subject, but I was going to say, I I think for us, the reason why it was so easy to have like a bat in a thousand average, it was because it was before a lot of people listened. So we could only claim the victories on the things that came true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well... If you've downloaded this episode, uh, you clearly know that we are going to be discussing season one, episode one of Loki, and it is entitled Glorious Purpose. So with all the catching up out of the way, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into some pre-spoiler thoughts, uh, which is our chance to really just talk about the episode in a way, uh, if you haven't seen it, that won't spoil it for you before we get into the juicy details of everything that happened. So you'll know when we get there by the sound of our spoiler zone cue, um, which will be free reign from there. So before we begin, Jude, do you have any pre-spoiler thoughts? I feel like this show, more so than the other two, is really dependent upon the other the other movies and things. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like, and, and you hear the stories like from Tara, and she had a friend that watched WandaVision then that and got her back into the MCU um, and, and, and that getting the interest. And I feel like 
the WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, you could jump in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I don't think so. I feel like this is something you need the, uh, a working knowledge. Mm-hmm. So what about you? For me, uh, I think the immediate thing I walked away with is that this is easily the strongest start that we've had of any of the Disney Plus shows for me personally. And playing a little bit off of what you said, I, it's it's really fascinating to me that you put that 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 feeling of needing to know the movies before jumping into this. I've been wrestling with this idea of like separating the effectiveness of the episode from being somebody who's bought into the MCU or being its own standalone thing. Like I don't have a defined answer for whether or not that is uh-huh. the case, but there's like even reg- like regardless of that, it feels like one of the most effective pilots that I've seen personally for any shows that I've watched, because without getting too much into spoilers, they manage to like when you talk about a show, you always talk about breaking the story or breaking the character to figure out what the purpose is. Right. They managed to break the character in narrative and then literally that felt organic, served as a nice refresher. And was still a clean start for whatever they're about to do, given the context of what we know of Loki so far. And I thought that was just brilliant. Right. My cousin Paul texted me this morning saying that he thought Uh the same thing, that it was the best first episode of all the Disney Plus shows. Mm -hmm. 100%. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. Well, uh, unless we have any more pre-spoiler thoughts, I think we can uh, jump into the spoiler zone. You ready? Yep. Let's go there. All right, you're going to hear an audio cue, and on the other side, we will be in the spoiler zone. See you on the other side. And we're back. So it's been a while since we've done any of the Disney Plus shows, and if you were new to this show, uh, the way that we handle this is instead of going scene by scene, we have settled on some most important topics of the episode, and we're going to be going through those as a way for us to hit everything that we want to talk about, as well as have branching off points to discuss whatever we decide we need to. So with that being said, the first important topic that we have is the God of Mischief. And this is essentially going to allow us to talk about, you know, Loki, the character themselves, uh, where they are when this is starting and how it feels being picked up from where we last saw them in Avengers Endgame. So, Jude, mm-hmm. uh, we want to start with you. How do you feel about it? I really liked how and, and I'm going to put this under the God of Mischief area right here. I really liked how Loki felt like he did watching him in Avengers. Mm hmm. Like, like speech patterns and cadence, because I feel like you that over the course of the movies, as his character developed, right, mm-hmm. th- that his voice and speech patterns changed just a little bit. Like it got a less, it got less harsh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and less villainous, and mm-hmm. and they went back to that, you know, this emphasis got a mischief and Neil and, and that and that kind of stuff, which I really liked. Yeah, because you know. We're in the spoiler zone now. So much of this episode is about breaking this persona for Loki, like, you know, mm-hmm. like breaking his belief in the illusion. And so they did such a wonderful job of capturing of what it was like to have him in the 2012 Avengers era, because we even talked about it. Like, how do you handle the growth of a character who's been plucked out of their story circle, if that makes sense? So it feels natural that we are back here with the, I don't know if this is the word, the grandiosity of Loki and the way there's always Mm -hmm. a level of theatrics to it, Mm -hmm. where, you know, the first scene we see with 
after he crash lands is that he searches for an elevated rock for which he is able to like do his spiel. Right. And there's this subtle hint because I, I agree with you for sure that there is that feeling of him being back in the 2012 era of Loki. But there's almost this feeling that the charisma's fading. And I don't know if I can completely articulate that. Like, it's there because it's Tom Hiddleston. He can't not be charismatic. But the way they're framing it with the the people that walk upon him not buying into it or the TVA just completely, like... Dismissing it. Not even caring about the things yeah. that he was spewing. They're doing such great work to put us on that path of the... Um, like I said, the, the theatrics being brought down. Right. So... You mentioned the the word that came to mind was being efficient. You mentioned about Mm -hmm. the and I do think this episode did well in like setting up the necessary information you needed. Mm -hmm. What's the TVA? Why does that exist? The timeline? Why is Loki considered a criminal? Like like they give you all of that Mm -hmm. in a very good and I think efficient manner. Um, But my note at the end was, wow, they basically found a way to get this Loki developed like, like they fast tracked him to the end, to the beginning of infinity war. Right. You know? And, and for me, that was a little weird. Like my next was like, okay, effectively they're bringing him back. Like, it, like it, <laughs> it felt like, well, I mean, a, I get it. Cause are we really going to follow that Loki b- before? Like, is that something you want to do? The villainous Loki, is that something that we're going to, as an audience get behind and want to watch? And so they fast tracked his development and I thought in an efficient way, but, but then my thought was like, so I'm now watching, you, you basically brought Loki back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to admit there was slight disappointment in that. I'm going to bring a note from a later section up because I think it's, it's very pertinent here. You know, I wrote this and I, you know, I think there is an argument to be made about Loki seeing the actions of his future self and being moved by it as sort of cheating. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, and I, I, I kind of feel it a little bit. But if I'm allowed to go to bat for this billion dollar franchise, mm-hmm. I love that it almost indicates that this was the unspoken nature of Loki that he always knew about himself. So the fact that he sees that and is still moved by it, it shows to me, it, it almost felt like it strengthened the growth that we saw in the movies because we're seeing the... I don't want to call it subconscious because obviously it's a conscious thing that's happening, but this was always embedded, if that makes sense. Uh, Wait, what do you mean subconscious and a conscious thing that was happening? So in this timeline, I can already tell this season is going to be confusing. In this timeline of Loki that's been plucked from 2012, he has not experienced the things that we saw in the movies. Right. But he still has that emotional reaction to what he's seeing on the screen. And I think it indicates like there was a part of him that wanted to be close to his brother. There was a part of him that felt that that close connection, which I think where they did good work in the movies of yeah. of like the first lo- the first Thor movie where they shown the connection with his mom. Right. And so like the fact that he can still have that visceral reaction without living those experiences, it makes me feel like oh, this is something that he wanted deep down, even if he didn't know it yet. Yes. And again, that's me going to bat for a billion dollar franchise. I know I'm making some leap here, but I, no, I, I don't, I, I don't think you're making a leap. I, I think, and, and here's where, here's where my confusion comes in. And when you start using the words conscious and subconscious and, and there is like, they're, they're clearly setting up, you know, I mean, we're going to have to try to wade through this somehow. <laughs> like, 
Well, I mean, there was this whole like, no, 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 the Avengers were supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, and I'm not trying to veer off our, our line. And, oh. Hey, we'll just prune it if we need to. Yeah. Owen Wilson's <laughs> character, Mobius, was was clearly like trying to show him like, like you say you wanted this, but get him to realize and recognize you really didn't want this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it, where my confusion comes in is when you say, oh, well, deep down, he really wanted that. But if he wasn't plucked from that timeline, the logic they set up is that was what was supposed to happen anyways. So mm-hmm. I don't get the idea of him wanting that. So like, does that make sense? Like, like how is he de- wanting or desiring that if that was what was supposed to happen? I'm going to be a front. This, this, this show, depending on how they treat the free will and, and non-free will, I'm going to use that term uh-huh. just to keep it simplistic. Is really is really going to make or break whether I like this show. You know, it's funny you say that because there was a point in my notes that we haven't gotten to yet, but uh, I'll I'll bring it in here where I wrote, I love that this show is almost kind of exploring free will versus determinism. And I wrote that and I paused and I was like, oh, Jude actually knows philosophy. I've only picked it up through media. So this is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. And and like and like that was my other struggle is like you said determinism and then you start and you start thinking about um, what we mean by determinism. And again, I want to mm-hmm. keep this very brief because I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But this uh-huh. show wasn't really deter- setting up determinism as much as a predestination. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Um, and, and there is a difference between the two. And so mm-hmm. and so that's that's why it was like, uh, OK. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So and, that, and that's what makes me makes me wonder of like when you say that want and desire there, it's like, well, was he brought to that because it's like remnants of that's what you were supposed to do anyways, and now you're seeing it and you're moved? Or was it a genuine movement because you're with the, you know, emotional movement because you're with the TVA now and time works differently? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, I think the show's going to tell me, but right now I don't know. Well, I can kind of explain it a little bit. And again, I know this, like, I'm not a writer, but I like, I've, I used to like want to be. So I read a lot about it and like screenwriting and how to write stories and characters and stuff like this. And one of the things that I remember sticking out with me is there was this idea that when you're creating a character, you want to create like the the way they illustrate it was like the mind and the heart. And with the mind, when you're trying to create a character, you focus on what does this character want? which is represented by the mind and then the heart represented what they actually needed. Mm-hmm. So when I say about like this being a subconscious thing, you know, Loki wanted to be, you know, a ruler and to to rule Asgard and Midgard and all this, but deep down I think it was this connection to his family that he was missing and that he yeah. was trying to replace. Yeah. So that's where the subconscious and and conscious yeah. level No, and, is and that for me. and that makes that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the free will stuff is definitely going to be interesting, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, moving along, I think we can go ahead and step into our next most important topic, which is the TVA. Now, of course, this stands for the Time Variance Authority, and we're basically going to be focusing on the entirety of this, you know, facility and the way that we've seen the rules established, the way they are working in context with the multiple timelines and the rules that have been set. So starting with me first, I want to say that I love that this 
that there is this running theme throughout the entirety of the episode of the TVA being just casually stronger than anything we've seen before. And it almost has to, I think, to work for what they're trying to do. Um, And it starts from literally their first entrance where they exact their power over Loki, who, even though his power set, I think, has been all over the place within the MCU, He's still a god. And the fact that they were able to, within a minute, render him useless with the, the what was it, uh-huh. the 116th speed attack yeah. on him? Yeah. W- what a great way to establish, like, oh, this is some next level stuff that we're dealing with here. Yeah. You know what? What stood out to me is I just love the aesthetic. I loved the, like, old feel mixed with the high tech. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the... The computers look like the old Apple IIs that I played Oregon Trail on or <laughs> the little like trampoline game in elementary school where it was like literally like a dot and it would just bounce up and down and you just use the arrows to move like a trampoline underneath it to see how high and how many times. Uh-huh. Like it looked like those old computers, um, you know, the high tech digital projection, but it was still a film reel to reel. You know, I loved all of that. And friend Daniel mentioned this, like the the humor, you know, the bureaucratic humor, mm-hmm. the whole take a ticket and the problems you don't take a ticket or Loki's like, I'm going to burn this place down. And Mobius is like, hey, I'd show you where my desk is. You can start there, you know, <laughs> uh, um, the nightmare department, which I think is a reference to Doctor Strange uh-huh. um, and, and stuff to come just because, you know, we wondered if is nightmare a, a known Doctor Strange villain going to show up. Um, right. So I, I, I think that was rumored to be the main villain for the longest time. I don't know if that's still the course because that was before everything was. Yeah, I think it was before it switched over from Derrickson to Raimi. Right. Um, yeah. But but like that little reference and he's like, I'll help you burn that one down. You know, mm-hmm. like like I, that was done so well. They've brought a level of like this feeling of like the mundane to mm-hmm. the, the power. And like you, the, all the bureaucratic jokes or like the, you know, please sign here for confirmation that this is th- everything you've ever said. Yes. What? And then another paper, pr- like stuff like that, like because it feels so ordinary to the TVA and they're almost bored with it. Right. That, like that, that contrast of what we and Loki are feeling, that's what I think is helping solidify it. And it's, and you talked about the aesthetic. There's almost this looming threat of like, like feigned politeness, if that makes sense. It does. Like there's the, I can't, I wish I would have wrote it down, but there was a poster in the background with Miss, was it Miss Time, Miss Minutes, where it's like, you know, comply or get clocked or something yeah, like that. Like yeah. there's, there's no room for error. And it's like, oh, we're going to pretend to be nice. But if you step out of line for just a second, like not yeah. having your ticket, you will be erased. Yeah. Oh, and the, and that the video film itself that reminded me of those old government PSA style things you know mm-hmm. uh that was fantastic i loved it uh and mm-hmm. i like that you mentioned that they looked bored and you, and, and the aesthetic because everything felt they mentioned time moves differently in the tva right mm-hmm. and again this philosophical question what is time um and there's two ways to look at it right from a philosophical standpoint what is time and from a physics standpoint right and space time and what is time and and to say time moves differently there, if I go from the standpoint of saying, okay, time is a form of measurement, a measurement of change, 
right? Mm-hmm. And we say the TVA time moves differently there. Yeah, they're probably gonna be bored. They're it's gonna mm-hmm. be static, right? Because it's not it, it it doesn't come across as linear. There's nothing dynamic or or changing about it. And 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 I think that's part of that old and new mix is repurposing old tech to be new. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, to kind of help give that feel. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, did you ever see Watchmen, the TV series? I have not. I'm told I need to. Man. I'm a, I'm a, I've been bad. I've been bad about watching things. Listen, I have no hill to stand on when I. Say, oh, I know. Like, oh, you I know. But I'm just admitting that I've been bad. <laughs> well, okay, I won't get into it. It, 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 it may be what episode a of Clone, slight what spoiler. Episode, what episode of Clone Wars are you on? Listen. I watched one and a half. Okay. okay. I tried. Wait, what? A Clone Wars? I watched. Oh, uh, yeah. I watched one and a half episodes. How do you get to a half episode of Clone Wars? Okay. The gravitational field of my attention span is tenuous at best, but I promise, like, I was trying. <laughs> I can tell you right now, Leech or Fran Daniel, one of them threw something and the other screamed, what, at the top of their lungs when they said. Well, Fran Daniel has already messaged me, like, <laughs> right as that episode dropped. And, like, I just immediately responded with a gif of somebody running. <laughs> I promise I'm trying. Um, and I will say this. I was so proud, too, because I started watching the video you sent me on why time loops are the new zombies. And I was watching it. I was doing great. And you texted me and I got sidetracked and I forgot to watch it. And then I fortunately finished it last night. <laughs> nice. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> anyway, getting back on track. What were we talking about? Oh, the, um, the TVA, the aesthetic. Time. And, and yeah. Watchmen. This is a very, very conceptual slight spoiler. Are you okay with that with Watchmen? There's no concrete details. I'm okay with it. Okay. There is this idea of experiencing time all at once. Like, there is no now or then or past or future. Like, it is just always. And mm-hmm. so, with the TVA, if they are outside the uh, feeling of time and things just are... It makes me appreciate, and I didn't, I didn't really get a feel for this until you brought it up. But the contrasting nature of retro tech and future tech almost makes sense because if everything always is, what is innovation? Like it's just like all meshed together. Right? Does that make sense? Oh, look, who you're talking to? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you just made me appreciate the show on a whole new level now. Like, too. like I mean, and I mean seriously, when like, um, well, one of the you know, I mean, I've said this before, uh, through the Daredevil things, I'm Catholic and right in the, in the reconciliation reconciliation of human free will and what we'd call God's foreknowledge. We use the term eternal now, um, mm-hmm. which is just what you just described, you know, as every, what we would experience as li- every linear moment that we experience, we'd say is for God, or in this case, the TVA is always the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm telling you, this show is going to make or break with me on this. I'm very, very curious. On this free will thing. Free will might be your truck. Trust me, that thought went across my mind as I was watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't think you can order order, like a toy free will from Amazon and send it to me like I did with you in the truck. (laughs) I'll find something. Uh, It's Amazon. I'm sure they got it. Um Getting back to it, I, I want to bring up the the animatic again um, because there's so much is lore the right word to use? Like they 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 catch us up on so much about this whole sacred timeline. Yeah. Oh, this super timeline efficient. War. Yeah. 
Yeah, so wonderfully done. And the first thought I had, and the first note I wrote is, we're totally getting Secret Wars, aren't we? Like, oh, this is okay. what it's setting okay. up, right? Okay, two things. <laughs> Sacred Timeline. Um, uh-huh. I don't know enough to dive into it, which is also good mm-hmm. because I, I want to let the show unfold on its own. Me too. Sacred Timeline from the comic, I believe, is an X-Men reference. Gotcha. So, and I've been pushing, X-Men are coming, X-Men are coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Multiverse War, I think, is a Secret Wars reference. Yeah. And and not that, like, not from the 1980s Secret War, but the most recent Secret Wars. So the most especially we got Fantastic 4 yet back um we Marvel Studios, sorry. No, we okay. us. Um and and the the most recent was it 2013-2014 Secret Wars run. Not a lot of people uh-huh. liked it, but the whole idea was like the multiverses collided. Mm-hmm. And what was left was a patchwork of all the other multiverses being held together. Yeah. Um, now, let, let's be honest. It was Marvel just saying, "Okay, I want. How do I get Miles Morales and Spider Gwen to interact with Peter Parker?" And so we're going to keep, you know, Manhattan mm-hmm. from Earth six one six, and we're going to keep this right. And that's really what they were doing. But that was the premise, you know. And to mm-hmm. to drop multiverse war, and that's completely Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I really can't wait. So one last thing, uh, maybe two things. First thing. Something, I I don't really know if I have too much more to add to it, but I think it's worth putting a pin in for now. I think something that really struck me with that animatic is it really seems possible to get off the sacred timeline, either through what we've seen with time travel in Avengers Endgame, or the way they even talked about it, because they were like, did you start an uprising or were you late for work? It seems like it's possible to even to get off the timeline without even having to have fantastical powers and that was really curious to me to see like is this just a fun little thing they're throwing away or will we see that being more of an elaborated thing on if things start to go haywire with the timelines okay okay so i have three things and one of them i wasn't sure where to put but i think this is a good a good place to put it since you brought that up okay and i'll save that one for my third thing first thing was that a cat or a flurkin <laughs> I'm just curious, man. Are Flurkins hanging around the TVA? Man, my initial reaction is to say a cat because a Flurkin I don't feel like would be a, would be that unnerved. Okay, okay. Uh, next, does Doctor Strange not know about the TVA having the Time Stone? I would say no, only because it's so much of a running theme of what you thought was important is not as important as it seems. Yeah. So I don't think Doctor Strange knows, and like. There's so many of the time stones that like, what does it matter? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, hmm. I, I mean, like to the T the, 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 like the way I'm feeling it right now, the time stone to the TVA is like a flashlight to the sun. Right. Like it does like, right. And it's and, an artifice. And, and I mean, and the only reason why I'm asking that is because we know multiverse, you know, of madness is coming with Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, uh-huh. does he learn about it? Did he already know, you know? And, and so those, those things came to mind. Uh, also, I'm really also kind of confused. Okay, I'm just going to read my note as is. Okay. Okay. Um, and, hmm. No, I can't read my note as is. Let me... Okay, so I'm going to read as much of it as I can, and some of it save for another section. Gotcha. Uh, the TVA has to be some sort of per- suppression of free will. Otherwise, variants aren't possible. Mm-hmm. A variant can only happen if they have the ability to choose. So, mm-hmm. and... Oh, 
Owen Wilson. Mo- I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna keep saying I'm trying to say Mobius, but I'm gonna keep saying uh-huh. Owen Wilson. But it, he's Owen Wilson. <laughs> Great, Owen Wilson. I, I I didn't know if that was the Discord call blanking out or if you said Owen Wilson. No, I said Owen Wilson. <laughs> um, but he he had the line says, "Don't think of it as because." you know, Loki asked about the DB Cooper. Oh wait, y'all approved this. And he said, Oh, don't think of it as approval, disapproval, then moves on. So there's, I don't, as much as my first watch through, I felt like, Oh, this is a predestination free will thing. It, it feels like the TVA is more of a suppression of free will because Mm -hmm. otherwise how, if everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, how do you get off track? If you can't choose something different, and that can only happen if you choose something different. Like they, they somehow it's like Matrix take the right pill, break out of the simulation. So I, I'm I'm not sure, you know, when when I think when when I think about that because you said oh well they could do this and and break free, and it sounds like anybody can break free. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. You don't have to have fantastical powers to break free, because I'm I'm going to lean on the free will side of this equation. Um, but that don't it only works right like. Mm-hmm. Like Loki has no idea. He had nothing to rebel against. He just made a choice. Right. And he made a choice off a logical thing that Loki would do off of what they just told us the Avengers were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he, like he had a very solid argument. He was like, no, 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 no. I was just doing what I would normally have done. Right. They're the ones who went back in time and messed with everything. And they immediately were like, no, 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 no. That was supposed to happen. And that's a very frustrating feeling. And right. So, so Loki had to have a free will there to choose something different. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why I say the TVA, I feel like is some kind of suppression of free will than actually saying like, no, this timeline is closed. If, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I, I think it's only, no, I think it's only closed because they are forcing it to stay closed. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's, it's like what we talked about. I can't remember if this made it into an episode or not, but there was a part of me that wanted to go out on that limb and say, I don't think the TVA is going to be as benevolent as they're intending to be. And they might end up being a more sinister force that's just using Loki. And there's a part of me, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. There's a part of me that's starting to like this distinction they're making from mobius and the tva because i'm i'm with you in that sort of suppression feeling that they're doing because it it, like going into this show i think there was a part of me that like i was on board for it because it's the mcu i'm excited whatever but there was a part of me that was like okay we're gonna watch loki be villainous cool like that'll be that'll be a fun twist but because they have framed it in the way where the TVA is dictating all and it is not to be questioned. It immediately turned Loki from a villain into a sympathetic character mm-hmm. of like, no, I want him yeah. to be able to, to get out of this predetermined path. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you these two notes and these two notes might actually transition us to the next one. Okay. Uh, I Which, don't, but if it I, does go ahead and take us in, I don't want to see Loki as the villain again. We've already seen that twice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so I just don't. We've seen him as a villain in Thor. We've seen him as a villain as in um, Avengers. Not interested in seeing him as a villain again, so that was a little disappointing. Uh, but he's only the villain if we believe Mobius. And honestly, I don't believe Loki's the villain at the moment. I think it's Mobius. I think Owen Wilson's character is going to be the bad guy. <sighs> don't do this to me. 
I look, I've been putting it in our Discord and I've been talking to to friends about it. I really feel like Mobius might have the potential to be one of my favorite characters in the MCU. And I really Oh, oh a, I think Owen Wilson made this show for me. I loved oh, he was my favorite definitely. part about it. But he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that wants to say you're right. Because it's such a like a, a, a thing for a show to do of like this person you love is not the person you thought they were. But I don't want it to be true. <laughs> so, well, if I may, I can transition us into the next section and go to bat for Mobius. Okay, let's you do that. More to add. Yeah, do the next transition us in since I started it and go to bat for him. All right. Well, we're going to be our next important topic is clearly Agent Mobius. And the way that I'm going to go to bat for him is my first note is I really love that this episode starts with Mobius in Media Res. He's already in his own case. He has nothing to do with what's going on with Loki back at the TVA. He is in his own storyline. And Mm -hmm. to me, this starts to signify there is a distinction between the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a distinction between the purpose of what Mobius is doing and the purpose of the TVA, even though he works for them because like, look how he gets out of that scene. Yeah. He is with his Minutemen and somebody from the TVA interrupts and brings him back in to, to be at the hearing. Yeah. At the hearing, he goes against the, the will of the, is it, what was it? The judge? I don't know if we have a concrete. I'm going to say judge. Uh, the judge. He stands before the judge and she immediately is like, if you're going to do what I think you're doing, I can already tell you it's a bad idea. So right there, it's already showing that he is against the grain of what the TVA is. And he even has some of the other, uh, the first minute uh, woman that we were introduced to. She was chastising him for talking to Loki. So they're painting this idea that, yes, Mobius works for the TVA, but he may not be completely on board about this whole things are supposed to happen. Right. All the way. They did such a good job. Does that make sense? No, no. They did such a good job of introducing that character because you get Mm -hmm, a sense mm -hmm. of who he is. Like you said, right from the bat, you get a sense of his reputation. Like you were saying, um, with the Mm -hmm. judge, uh, with the other minute woman, like, you know, his almost lax nature, you know, cause, cause -hmm. like when they were walking and having that conversation about, Hey, you can start with my desk. Like, Outside of Loki having the collar on, there was no guard. It was just him. It was like, you know, hands free. Um, and, and you just, you got to think that's against protocol, I would assume. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, I just, I think you're right. Like, he, they, they did a good job of setting that up. And, and I want to speak a little more about what you were talking about, Owen Wilson's performance. You know, Mobius is the perfect foil to Loki. Like Loki even admittedly is all about illusions, but for Mobius, he's above it all. Like, you know, it. like that's what makes them work so well is because with Mobius, nothing he ever do feels insincere. Hugh will uh-huh. deliver a line that is like equal parts. Oh, I don't believe you, but I support the hell out of you. Like there's something about the way Owen Wilson can bring that to the character yeah. that feels so great in contrast to Loki because he doesn't fall for it, but not in a menacing way. If that makes sense. No, no, I, it makes complete sense. It's it's the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I just I keep going back to the uh, scene in, in my head. I keep going back to the scene in the elevator, and he's like talky talky. You know, mm-hmm. and it was so just there, there was so much of that. You know, and even that moment where Loki went on and he and he got serious. And he's like, "Are you finished?" You know, and <laughs> and all of it was just done so well. well 
And somebody said in the Discord, he needs to say wow. He's going to say wow at some point. (laughs) It has to happen at some point. Uh, One one little thing to add, um, and I think it it, it surmises their dynamic wonderfully, is you talked about the elevator scene where he is like, Loki says, I don't like to talk. And he goes, oh, we know you. that's a lie because you love to talk, talky-talky. Then they get out of the elevator and Loki starts to protest a little bit too much. And Mobius finally goes, hey, I thought you didn't like to talk. Like, he's so good at throwing back right. everything at Loki. Right. Like, he's invulnerable. It's a it's a well done script. Mm-hmm. It, so it, good. And I, I asked friend Daniel this in the Discord. Well, I not actually it wasn't in the Discord. It was through Discord, but it wasn't in the Discord, um, if that makes sense. <laughs> How much of Owens Wilson's lines do you think was improv? You know, it was something I was thinking about because we spoke a lot about the improv nature of Falcon and the Winter Soldier between Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. Yeah. That question got brought up to to my own inner dialogue. I don't know why I framed it that way. That was something I thought about a lot during <laughs> during my watch. Yeah. Wait, and, wait. Uh, the question got brought up in your own inner dialogue. I know. I stopped myself. What, am I interviewing myself? What is this? <laughs> Go back to the Discord and the GIF. I, too, am incredibly humble. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Change your Discord. Oh, man. To, to, to trace it further. Listen, do you dr- think... Drax. <laughs> <laughs> do you think humble people make content? No. We put it out there because we're confident. <laughs> okay. Very true. <laughs> oh, man. That goes out to all the other fellow podcasters listening right now. <laughs> oh, I'm man. just hoping that they're nodding uh, their head with us on that one. <laughs> me too. Me too. No, what I was saying is I, I thought about it. I don't know if there were, because there was moments that really felt like Falcon and the Winter like, oh, this is clearly improv. There was something about the um, everything that felt so tight and scripted that I never picked up on that sense. Um but I wouldn't doubt it. I guess that's my long answer to what you were asking. Yeah. 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 So. Well, like, like there's these little moments, right? Like they're watching the clip and Loki says, I could use the drink. I could use that drink now. And then, mm-hmm. and then he offers him his own drink and Loki shakes his head. No, like, like I'm wondering, was that little exchange improv, you know, just, uh-huh. just little touches like that. That was just so great about their interaction. Mm-hmm. And even like, um, Whenever Loki, when Frigga, when Loki's mom comes on the screen and he just mouths the word mom and yeah. points to the screen, yeah. like there's, there's little floor flourishes yeah. that uh, Owen Wilson's putting. Well, I think that'll do it for the Agent Mobius section of our most important topics. Um, you know, part of the way it was structured this way is that we could get a detail of everything this episode was doing with Loki, everything it was doing with Mobius to bring us to our last most important topic, which is glorious purpose. This entails everything of, honestly, the bulk of the episode, which is those interactions with Mobius and Loki uh, and and seeing Mobius slowly break down Loki's character to the point that he gets Loki to agree to help him. And of course, all of which culminates to the revelation that the person that Mobius is hunting is a different variant of Loki. So, Jude, starting with you, uh, where do you want to begin? Well, I'm going to, again, say that we're not sure yet, and it's probably Mobius. But... Uh, wait. We're not... Wait, wait, we're wait. Not, you're, we're not sure of what? That Loki's the villain, and we're hunting another Loki. Okay, so I'm going to go on that limb with you, because I definitely do not want to plant my flag on the Mobius as the villain, but there was a feeling that 
Owen Wilson said, oh, this is Loki, but we don't get a clear visual of Loki in that final scene that I was like, oh, this is totally not him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, we can't have villain. Yeah, it's it's going to be Mobius. Um, like, I think it's Mobius. Like, who knows how to manipulate it? Mm-hmm. Like, that was, anyways. Um, I think we're going to find out it's Mobius. <laughs> Uh, I, I find it interesting. The name of the episode, Glorious Purpose, he says that, and the way they had to convince him that, or the way they had to convince Loki, right, to help, uh-huh. was to show him that he had no purpose, mm-hmm. right? And and so now he has this new purpose of, of working with the TVA, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, as long as Loki was, it was, it was so myopic of like, this is my purpose, you know? And Owen Wilson or Mobius had to break him of that um, in order to get him to work for him. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it was a mistake necessarily. It feels too, like, calculated for him to to forget the little remote control for Loki to get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems calculated. You know, I was going to save this for straight thoughts, but I'll bring it up here. How is that remote not the most guarded thing in the TV? <laughs> right? Like, that is your leverage. So I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Man, Owen Wilson's the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Yeah. You know. We'll find out. Yeah. But. I do want to say. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but bad, but bad. <laughs> I do want to say this. Um, You know, I talked a little bit about earlier. I was pulling from Notes Ahead. Uh, you talked about them saying that Loki has no purpose. Like, that was one of the things I wrote of, can you imagine, like, being told that your life's purpose is to be the catalyst for someone else's greatness? Like, right? Like, that's such a core-shattering revelation. Like, I, I mean, Hiddleston's doing incredible work with the acting that he's doing, showing him, even if he, in, in moments of their earlier conversations, Hiddleston's, or Hiddleston, Loki's not quite on board yet, you can see he's breaking. Yeah. See, I, I think it's manipulation. I, I still think it's a manipulation yeah. there because on the one hand, he's telling Loki, your purpose is it's in your nature to lose. So these people, the Avengers can be successful. Right. But we have mm-hmm. also talked about, well, it seems like just anybody can break from the time, the sacred timeline. And I mentioned how Mobius said like approval, disapproval, like he did, he wasn't very committed to like approval and disapproval. Mm-hmm. And so it, in that way, it's like, I, I feel like he was manipulating Loki, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, it think, okay. So think, think of it this way, right? You, you, you come up to, you know, it, and, and this has been running through my head and, and like you come up to, to, to two doors, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say you open the one on the left and it's locked. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, let's say you open up the, you try to open the one on the left and it's locked. And then you go through the one on the right and it's unlocked. Mm-hmm. But then let's say, you know, let's say what, well, you actually went up to the two doors and you went through the one on the right the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, are we actually going to say you made some kind of free choice getting to the other side? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so like there's that that sense of like approval disapproval illusion of choice but you don't really have it mm-hmm. and then I'm imagining like the variants like somehow realizing that 
you know, and saying, screw that. I'm going to go through the wall instead of these mm-hmm. doors off to the side. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 here's the choices. And, and so, cause, because he danced around that approval, disapproval language. And so, mm-hmm. and so that's why I still feel like, yeah, if he, if you recognize that he had to have some kind of free choice to get out of it in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, then you had, you know, that he had to have some kind of manipulation to get him to agree to work, mm-hmm. you know, because otherwise like he's already established, like he's has the ability to choose against what you or the time variance, the, the TVA was dictating in the first place, mm-hmm. you know. The first thought that comes to mind is, you know, we keep talking about like, oh, well, anyone can break the the timeline. And we we said it, but it didn't really click for me until just now. Like, Loki didn't do anything. Loki didn't have any time travel. He did what he would do in in his nature and grab the Tesseract and that was enough to break it. So we talk about like how anybody could do it. That's we're watching that happen. That, you know, yeah, that just clicked for me. And then the second thing I was thinking of is I really think you are starting to uh, win me over on this Mobius is the villain um, uh, reasoning, because I, I think there was a part of me that was just charmed by Owen Wilson's character that I didn't think about it. But look at the language we're using. He's breaking Loki's character. Like he's physically, not physically, he's emotionally taking this person and showing him that he is not as important as he thought he was. And that is, even if Loki's a villain, that's horrible. Like that's kind of like just mentally abusive. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm starting to to go on that side. I mean, to go down this route, like the whole, and I I don't want to say this was torture and i guess there's very degrees of torture but like the whole the whole point and purpose of torture is to break someone psychologically Mm -hmm. you know and what i mean by break them i mean you know in in real life torture they are broken there's no real coming back you know and the goal Mm -hmm. is to break them psychologically so they will do what you want you know Mm -hmm. um and in a weird way i felt like that's what he was doing Mm -hmm. well I, i have two points like i it's a lot darker now that I'm going through this lens, but you know, we talked about, um, we talked about the breaking the character. There's a moment that I wanted to highlight, which I think was really brilliant of, you know, Mobius is pushing Loki. He's getting into a corner and we finally see that Loki's like, Oh, I know what this is. This is an illusion to strike fear that the weak use so that they can gain power. And it's a moment I think is really wonderful because when we first see that moment, we haven't seen Loki break down at the end of the episode where he admits, I am the weak one that uses illusions to create this false power. Right. And so in this, this the reward of hindsight and rewatching it is when you see him use that, like, I know what this is, aha moment. We know psychologically this is Loki backed up to a corner and he's going for the desperate play trying to throw off Mobius. Yeah. Clearly doesn't work because Mobius has the upper hand, but keep going a little bit further eventually loki breaks away from the room and he ends up going back to where that agent was storing the tesseract and we see the same thing played out we saw the accusation of the tva doing it and then we got to see loki actually do the illusion for power bit where he says i'm gonna gut you like a fish and he's like what i I don't even know what a fish is and that whole moment is loki doing what he's always done so so when he pulls that drawer back and he sees all the infinity stones like it's it's him in that moment realizing that the things that he thought were important are not as important as he thought them to be. And rather than just, 
because he does have a speaking moment, but you're just you're visually watching somebody break down. And I just love that there are layers to the progress of this humility that could be revealed through multiple watches. Right. Right. That was long winded. I hope that came. No, it does come through because, I mean, we haven't mentioned it yet, but with the Infinity Stones and even that line of some use it as paperweights, Mm -hmm. like the thing that he's the, the, the thing or the things that he sought out, Thanos sought out that 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 people died for and and all of that was was rendered meaningless you know like this ultimate Mm -hmm. power in the universe was rendered meaningless and and there was a physical representation of like this is my symbol of power and it's meaningless and so what Mm -hmm. am i doing you know Mm -hmm. and at that point that's when he returns and watches the rest of what happens Mm -hmm. um and it, and and it and it helps and it goes back to what you were kind of saying what's the heart you know what he wanted in the heart always mm-hmm. and this is in my head what i want what i wanted in my head is meaningless then he goes back and watches what plays out and while he sees his death it's a death that it's a death that comes in a place of of trying to do what's right after seeing the his relationship with Thor, seeing what happens with Odin and, and all of that, mm-hmm. you know, and he gets ultimately what he wanted in, in the heart to mm-hmm. use your, your, your head and heart language. You know, I, I, we've talked extensively about it, about the breaking the character. Um, I just want to circle back a little bit to, to accentuate what I was saying in the pre-spoiler thoughts that, you know, we've talked about all the ways that this works in narrative of, you know, Mobius trying to break the character to get into what he wants to do. The thing that I like about it so much is that it works on a meta level too, because as I was describing, when you're starting a show, you're you're trying to break this character. And so the fact that they were intertwining those two, like the being in a writer's room and trying to figure out what Loki wants, like, what do you do? You go home, you have it now. What's next? What makes you tick? Like, these are all questions I think you ask in the writing room. Mm-hmm. And so having it be like one-on-one interviews yeah. is... I don't know. I'm a sucker for like dialogue heavy conversations with just two people sort of storytelling. Right. And so I think that's I mean, this was designed for me to fall in love with. it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's it's so good. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to circle back and highlight that a little bit just to make sure that I hammer home the point of what I was saying in the pre-spoiler thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to echo that thought, like because I do think this episode did a great job of teaching us what we needed to know. And like with the, mm-hmm. the video and the TVA, um, it was just very effective. Uh, but the pacing mm-hmm. of it was really good. You know, I think we mm-hmm. talked about this briefly off pod where, and you just mentioned the one-on-one dialogue. So much of this episode was just the two of them talking to get mm-hmm. Loki to a certain point. Um, but it, it was paced really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Uh, one last little small thing I want to add. Uh, we talked a little bit about it um, with the revelation that the variant that Mobius is hunting is actually Loki. Um, so says he. I I wasn't quite there with it being Mobius yet, but I was going to start planting my grains of sand about it not being Loki. And I just want to put it on the record here. One of the reasons why... Um, uh, there's many reasons, but one of the reasons why I want to highlight here is whenever Loki gets scanned into the TBA, he has the temporal aura thing that gets a record. So they teach us about it there. And then whenever we skip over to Mobius and they are highlighting the uh, the bubblegum and they're like, hey, take this to, to examination. And his 
Minuteman says, like, you know, we're not going to get any aura off that. And he goes, yeah, I know, but I still want to try anyway. There is some linking of, at least for me in my mind, that they're they're educating us as viewers. Like, okay, we've got a print of Loki's aura on file. Mm-hmm. And now we have this object where there is no aura reading. It feels like it's it's setting up to be like, oh, this can't be Loki because we have a definitive proof of which is Loki, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so just want to put it on the record. Not not quite ready to do my whole orchestrator bit just yet, but <laughs> here we are. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our glorious purpose section, which will leave us with our stray thoughts. So Jude, do you have any stray thoughts? Um, okay, real quick, a new stray thought. Uh, a text from TJ, who will be on with us next week. Uh-huh. Um, he has a text here saying, Owen Wilson is the orchestrator. <laughs> wait this was before we recorded right this wasn't just now no that was before we recorded well i guess it wouldn't matter either way but that's so funny because when i think you shared that with me and i was like oh ha ha but i think we're slowly starting to get to that point yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah so that Um, was at least it's not me this time yeah um another thing ken sent me a text uh Mm -hmm. And says, and then the French boy pointed the devil. It's Mephisto. Tell Trey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was a funny text. That was, I think that was the day it came out. You know out. what's, so, yeah. to, to interrupt you real quick, one of my favorite, and I'm sure it's probably pulled from somewhere else, but I was introduced to it from uh, Bernie Burns from Rooster Teeth. He, he once mentioned, there's no such thing as being ironic on the internet. So like. <laughs> All my m- ironic Mephisto jokes have turned me into the person that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man, that's great. And I had a note, too, where it was like, oh, Mephisto, and I typed that in all caps. Um, uh-huh. So other straight thoughts after looking through my text. Um, opening scene of Loki, of him in the sand, was very <laughs> similar to Tony Stark in Iron Man when he hit the sand. Oh. Uh, y- mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, that push in with the camera, and he's buried in the sand. Uh, very similar in that um, Nexus event is what they were calling the breaks in timeline. And in WandaVision, mm-hmm. the Depression commercial was for Nexus. And yeah. we found out later, Doctor Strange was originally supposed to be in those commercials. And I think the pharmacist in that commercial mm-hmm. and the original plan, I think he was, that was how was, he was reaching out to her. Mm-hmm. And this was from interviews with Kevin Feige, if I'm not yes. mistaken, right? Yes. Yes. Just for context. Yeah. Um, I put in all caps, Trey and Frigo, because you called that one. Uh-huh. Uh, I was really thrilled to see that. Um, Which, as long as we're doing some, like, TJ setting up, I I don't know if this was in a, a thing that's not going to make the cut of the episode or not, but just in case it wasn't, we put out our episode last week where we were talking about what we are expecting in Loki, and I, I made my whole point of, like, oh, I want Loki to have the catharsis moment that Thor had in Endgame, and it would be a really cool way to bring them back because we thought they were going to go back to Asgard. Yeah. And TJ listened to the episode and texted you and was very on point when he said, this Loki hasn't had that moment where Frigga died. So, like, you almost kind of can't have the same level of catharsis. And I was like, oh, man. So there's a part of me that was kind of like panicking a little bit. like, oh, he's right. How is this going to work? And I just was like, well, there still is that unspoken connection. Yeah. I just haven't seen it explored yeah. yet. I totally didn't expect yeah. them to do what they did to get us back up to speed. <laughs> well, that's OK. I'm going to go ahead and mention this when I was editing that episode. Um, uh-huh. And there was the part where we said, and I think 
Endgame's the only movie to deal with time? And I was like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately my wife's walking by and she's like, no, it's not Doctor Strange. It's like, okay. <laughs> I Okay. All right. I started off being flippant and I almost kind of want to bring, I'm glad you brought this up in the podcast because I want to see where people lie on this or, or fall in line on this. There's got to be a difference between time travel and what the Avengers did and went physically back in time where they could potentially run into their previous selves. Whereas in Doctor Strange, all we saw him do is reverse time and everybody went back in time. There's no confliction with a prior self. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. And now with that, I'm going to drop in some of my other stray stray thoughts. Uh, (laughs) Tweet us at MC you need to know to to figure out where you fall. Here's where I was really uncomfortable and didn't like this episode. Uh Uh-huh. Like I, I really... I did not like it as much as others did. Um, wow. I'm not sure I like what this means for the rest of the MCU. Um, uh-huh. And I actually put that note way before they mentioned the Infinity Stones. This was mm-hmm. the whole, like, you're meant to, we talked about this, you're meant to do this so these people can be successful. Um, right there, I was already kind of, uh, okay. Um I was like, okay, so that I guess answers our question. How does they? How does how does this show deal with it? Uh, it doesn't answer it fully. And like, did they have free reign to do what they wanted? You know, with time travel kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, like, it's a time. At least what they've shown us, unless the TVA is suppressing free choice, it's a time loop. And the whole idea mm-hmm. of like they're going to run into their previous selves is impossible. Because mm-hmm. on a time loop, it's just going to happen. And the fact that they missed not seeing their previous selves or, well, the way they did when they did hit their previous selves, like with Captain America, um, mm-hmm. who cares? Whatever. It's 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 it, to me, it's like it was supposed to happen. I I, mm-hmm. I had this feeling like they were making the previous movies and shows irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just kind of like. Why did I literally I had this thought? I'm like, why did I invest my time all those years if all this had no importance? Mm-hmm. And to reduce the well, to they, reduce the Infinity Stones to paperweights, like I get it, but it it just it was like if it's if it's what they're saying it is, and that's why I was, I'm also thinking it through and pushing so hard on like, well, suppression because you can't have a variant without the ability to choose. It's like, yeah, all that was supposed to happen. So Stark's death was supposed to happen, um, like well, like all I mean, of that, and I'm just like, let's go watch the Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> Come on, all right, let's not do no, that. No, no, no. I know now. Now that I was just, I'm kidding. But there's no, there's never <laughs> any reason to go watch a Zack Snyder DC movie. But what's the difference between that was supposed to happen when the TVA says it versus when Doctor Strange it was supposed to happen in one of the 14 million universes? Or potential. Oh, the, the difference. Like, the, how difference is that? the difference is, is there's 14 million different ways it can go, and there's still this element of choice of how you're getting into it. A loop is a loop. It's closed for a reason mm-hmm. until it's right? not, and then there's your stakes. Oh my god! No, Trey. No. <laughs> if it's not a, if it's not a loop, if it ever breaks off, it's by definition not a loop. It has to be closed to be a loop. And so, like, it just is, you know? And so it... But isn't that the whole point of the TVA? But that's that's, that that's why I was one... arguing for the idea of saying that, like, well, if you're going to say that a variant can happen, then 
what we're what you're actually saying then is that time is linear and we're forcing everybody down this path and somebody was able to break away from that and before it gets too bad we have to come and write it to keep it how we mm-hmm. want it to be mm-hmm. you know and and so which which is much different cuz now you're talking about uh, about power and control in terms of forcing people down a path mm-hmm. you know and as long as they have the illusion of choice it, it's 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 your fear it's a simulation right yeah. it's it's the you know it's the matrix it's you have the illusion of choice but once you realize it's just the illusion of choice you can break free of that you know what i mean but you're being suppressed into mm-hmm. this that's mm-hmm. not the same thing as a time loop you know and so yeah. if they're gonna make it a time loop then yeah, all of that stuff is meant to happen and who cares, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you didn't have any kind of choice in there. The sacrifice wasn't a choice, you know, any of that. And so Mm -hmm. to me, if it doesn't end up as the TVA was suppressing all of this into one line, right? Then, Mm -hmm. and it truly has been a loop this whole time then it kind of renders story arcs meaningless because it's not an arc. It's just something that's just going to, there was no arc. It was just meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So like, I really struggled with that. Like, like, and I was serious when I said earlier, it's like how they handle free will and this predestination is really going to make or break. If I like this show, mm-hmm. you know, um, and there's hints of it. The, the, my last stray thought is on the DB Cooper thing. I was a little disappointed in that sequence only just because I was fascinated with D.B. Cooper and it was like, oh, it was just this, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But what I loved about it is two things. A, you know, Loki pointed out, wait a minute, y'all were okay with this, you know? And that's when he had the approval, disapproval. But the other thing is he said, I lost a bet to Thor. What bet did they have under which in losing, you had to go pretend to bomb a plane to rob it? If he could make Thor hate snakes. Is that is that the one? Like I'm just pulling something well, out. Of I'm just air. wondering of like you know like, how much Thor like, loves snakes. I know, but like, but like the 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 stakes is if you lose this bet, you have to go to Midgard and um, hijack a plane for money, and we'll get we'll Heimdall you out of there. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that that mm-hmm. kind of that whole and again, God of Mischief. Maybe maybe he didn't lose the bet to Thor, but that was like what? Well, maybe it's not necessarily because we're thinking of it like oh, he got away with money. I think maybe the the bet was like, can you make Midgard have something that they just cannot potentially explain and mess with them that way? Maybe, but like I just like, I just found that I just found was... it was interesting that explanation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But those are my those are my you straight know, thoughts. I, so I'm this isn't my straight thought, but I just wanted to add to what you were saying about you know it renders it meaningless if this was always supposed to happen. I'm conflicted because I definitely 100% see your point. Um, but that didn't, I didn't get that feeling, um, which I can explain in my straight thought. But, but what I wanted to say is we can use in episode language to support what you're saying in the moment where Mobius says, think of it as comforting. I don't want to think about Thanos snapping as comforting. Like there was no comfort in that, but if it was always supposed to happen, they were always going to come back. Like you said, what does it, what does it ultimately matter? Um, so I, I think there will be an interesting, route this show has to take and my final add-on to your straight thought is uh, i think in our what to expect episode i think there has to be some break 
from the TVA, whether it be through the realization like, oh, they're suppressing this, that there are villains, this needs to stop happening, or chaos erupts and they can no longer contain it absent of morality. It just, it is broken now. Like, I personally think you can't, you can't introduce order like this and not have it break apart by the end because that's, yeah, that's the nature of storytelling, right? right. A change has to happen. Right. So. Irrevocable decisions have to be made by a character. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Wow. This season is going to get real meta and really yeah. conceptual very fast. Yeah. Um, uh, stray thought uh, to add a little bit more. I was going to say, I personally, um, I wrote about it in the discord. If you're familiar with the show, Dragon Ball Z, uh, it always seems like they face a villain and it's the strongest villain ever. And then they finish the saga and it's like, now it's the most strongest villain we've ever seen before, before then. And it's like, it just continues this escalation. And I think there was a potential, um, and I say potential, I think we're running into it right now with our discussion, but there was always going to be this feeling of what do you do next with the next saga of the MCU? Mm-hmm. Because you had half the universe wiped away. Right. And it worked for me in a way they so casually flexed the power of the TVA that it was so mundane to them that I was like, oh, this is great. Um, but yeah, I, I think the jury's still out on that. So that's that's my straight thought there. Um, next straight thought, I wonder what it's like to be Clark Gregg or the waitress from the Avengers and see yourself pop up in mm-hmm. uh, the latest Marvel entry from a movie you did almost 10 years ago. <laughs> So that's got to be I, I like I wonder if they're like they have to be in the know, right? For royalties. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I Clark Gregg, if you're listening, I, I would assume that they own the rights to it so they can use it how they want. Mm-hmm. So in that degree, it could probably be a surprise um, mm-hmm. whether or not they get royalties or some kind of payment for that. I don't know. And, and only because like mm-hmm. we've seen them use clips from movies before. Right. right. You know, um, and so I, I'm not sure how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, next straight thought. Uh, I really like that. This feels like a crime procedural, except with time. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost positive this isn't the first show to do it, but it just at least for me, it feels fresh. Like I haven't personally seen anything like this. And I, I really, really enjoy that. And uh, last straight thought. How big do you think a stack of everything you've ever said on paper would be? Ooh. Because that was a way too short to be Loki's. Hmm. Especially for someone who, and and this is something that was brought up to a friend, but brought up to me by a friend, Cody, he's, they're clearly like 1500 years old. So there's no way that that stack of paper was everything Loki's ever said. As an introvert, I want to say my stack of papers are going to be a little bit smaller Uh than others. But as a teacher and then a parent, that that ramped up really quickly in the recent Mm -hmm. years of my Mm -hmm. life. So... Man, that's a good question. And the podcast. Yeah, and then the podcast. For me, streaming. Like, I, that was my joke whenever you first started appearing. I think when, like, in five seconds of streaming, you heard me speak more than I ever did in person at Family oh, Gathering. Man. So, yeah. So, like, I, that's a lot of paper I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to uh-huh. end up with more paper than I realize. Me too. Anyway, I, that was just something that was sticking out to me whenever No, that's they... a fantastic question. How many, how many reams uh-huh. of paper – and that seemed kind of small. Mm-hmm. Maybe they printed back in front. <laughs> but nah, nah, I know they didn't do it. Well, who knows? Maybe that was in the moment, so it's only on one side, and when you have time to prepare, it's Yeah, it's front. a fresh page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, man. Well, that sounds like a good episode to me. So, if you have thoughts or opinions on the first episode of Loki or the discussions that we've had here in this episode... 
You can always reach us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to join our Discord, we have a lovely community of people who are as excited about the show as we are. And you can join them in the discussions by clicking the link in the show notes. And once you join the Discord, don't forget, go to the roll assign, click on the eyes emoji, uh, and that will give you access to the spoiler sections. We we did a little bit of reworking, I think, um, and we'll kind of explain that as it happens, but we'll have a Loki channel, and there's a spoiler zone channel for Loki, Falcon the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, all the Disney Plus shows will have them. Um, so make sure you go to that roll assign. And also, whichever podcast player you're playing, especially uh, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. Um, make sure you're following us on there and share with a friend. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work in his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for doing this, Thank Jake. you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. Uh, like I said, I, I do want to say this we're in the break. There's something about being so long since we recorded that it feels a little off to me. Not in a bad way, but it feels like I'm definitely trying to get back the rhythm of the episode. No, I get that. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be like riding a bike. Yeah. Last time I rode a bike, I really fell and twisted my ankle. That still hurts to this day. <laughs> so That's fun. You know what? Once you learn how to do it, you can always get back on on and do it. Now, whether or not you do it well, <laughs> or if you're sore after the fact, people leave that part out of the metaphor. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> just just saying. You only post your victories, not your your, your losses. I know, right? <laughs> oh man! All right, I love it. Ready to jump back in? All right. Yeah. <laughs>